0: And now for something completely different. Ah! Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story, real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors.
1: And welcome everybody. Welcome to Financial Resolutions Tuesday. I, this is what I, that's all I got. Lance will be back tomorrow. Seems like everybody's still in transit because the only uninterrupted flight that we heard about was a 4,100-page bill for the president to sign. That plane made it. Everybody else is, well, we know the story. Amazing what's going on with Southwest Airlines overall. It's, uh, you know, traveling today is like taking an African cruise in the 20s probably, right? I mean, it is rough. You never know what you're going to get. So Lance will be back tomorrow. First day of trading. We saw the futures open up quite nicely there early this morning when I got up around 3, but now they're deteriorating. Dow futures up about 100 points. 10-year treasury is about uh, 3.7%. I will tell you my watchword for the year is muck. Okay? Your portfolio is going to be mucked up. And what I mean by that is that I just see malaise. We are going to be in this funk this year. All right? So we have got the president signs $1.7 trillion bill on one side, and we're going to talk about a small part of that train wreck, the caboose of it called the SECURE Act, in a little bit that got signed in. One of the most monumental retirement uh, bills I've seen in my lifetime or in my career, doing this for 35 years. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that, what it means for you saving for retirement, and possibly in retirement. But overall, I expect this year to be extremely frustrating as we see more reckless fiscal spending on one side and the Fed trying to combat inflation on the other. Yeah, sure, inflation has come down from the peak. We estimated that PCE would be roughly 5.5%. We nailed that. Um, you know, But uh, to get to the nirvana target of 2%, we're going to have to deal with more pain. So I just think this week is going to be everybody getting back to work, seeing how rotations happen. I'll give you my predictions along with my magic eight ball, but I think the market will close this year pretty much where we start. I also think healthcare and energy will be good. I also think bonds will make a recovery. But I think overall it's going to be very frustrating. And I also think it's going to be a frustrating decade for stocks based on where valuations are and where inflation will be uh, from the stubbornness of it overall. And um, that, as an investor, is going to be tough, right? Because we've been used to markets just going up and the Fed bailing everybody out. We've got a whole generation of investors that have expected that. Great article over the weekend from the Wall Street Journal talking about how A lot of the traders that were sitting in their basement during the pandemic and all they were talking about is crypto and stocks have actually gone back to living their lives. And their families are very, very happy about it, by the way, that they are no longer trading. People have lost pretty much everything they started with. So it's a really great article. What I do worry about is, though, is you have discouraged a whole generation of investors that actually have to look at fundamentals and cash flows and all the things that make investing less sexy, So I expect a lot of muck this year. That doesn't mean you may not make money. It just means it's going to be tougher to do it. You're going to have to be patient. And you're going to know who you really are as an investor. And I think there'll be a lot of head fakes along the way. So I'm not expecting a positive 2023, but I'm not expecting anything negative. Just meh just a mess. So talking about mess, you might want to think about financial resolutions that you have for the year. What can you control in your own household? Right? So there's been studies out, obviously I'm already seeing on Facebook that how people have already blown their 2023 resolutions. I'm like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> it's the third. <laughs> so, actually 9% of people successfully keep their New Year's resolutions. 43% of people expect to fail before February. I don't know about you, Brent, I don't keep resolutions. I, I have ongoing goals and benchmarks I'd like to reach, but I think people make everything very tough. I think people in finance make it tough too, because they say, okay, well this is the year you're gonna save 25% of your salary, you're gonna really buckle in, and then you get discouraged and you wind up spending more money than you should. In other words, everything happens in millstones, not milestones. And I think this year is just going to be that kind of way. There's um, unhappiness when it comes to some new tax regulations that have come through. We have, first of all, we have the, um, what's also effective this year is the uh, interest, uh, no, not interest expensing, but we have the new corporate minimum tax, right? So that's the 15% levy uh, that's going to hit large U.S. companies, earning more than $1 billion in book income annually, right? So, This is going to fall heavily on industries like real estate and mining that currently benefit from these congressional carve-outs. You also have the stock buyback tax. That's going to be a 1% uh, tax that applies to the repurchase of stock by publicly traded companies. I don't think it will affect it much, but it is going to do that. So we already are starting out with obstacles. There are ways that capital and depreciation is gonna change. Uh, R&D is not as beneficial from a tax perspective anymore. So these are all things along with inflation, along with wage growth not keeping up with it that is going to change things. Also, another great article that came out is, where have all the go-getters gone? There are law firms out there. There are insurance companies out there that when they post promotions, nobody goes for them. Nobody wants them. They, these companies are seeing that the passion for work is gone, especially over the last two years. Uh, several, and again, several employees have asked for more pay and they've gotten it for their current position. They are not looking to take on responsibilities They don't want to work weekends. So, again, I think that uh, companies are going to be stuck. Look at labor force participation rate. People are going to want to keep their employees. Uh, So they're going to pay them a little bit more to stay, but they're only going to do the work they're hired to do. They don't really care about promotion. So there's there's a big change culturally that has been going on for decades, but the pandemic sent us over that clip. So this reduced ambition has become almost a um, badge of honor. I go on to some Reddit groups because I just want to see what people are talking about, the quiet quitters and all that. They look at this as a way to capture their lives or gain their lives back and stick it to the man, right? They know they have some leverage here. They know they can move from it to another company and make more money for now. For now. Um, and over the past two or three years, this is an article out of the Wall Street Journals and they, a Journal, and they, they poll and they interview various companies that are seeing this malaise across the board. Um, even like Goldman Sachs, seeing the same thing, right? These are people that are used to working a uh, massive amount of hours. They don't want to do it. Uh, and it goes in every field. So they got all these studies out there that show that we are in not only the great malaise, I think, in markets and the muck, but productivity and culturally work is not seen as noble anymore. When we get back uh, the caboose of this strain this of this 1.7 trillion bucks is the SECURE Act. And what you need to know is coming up here on Tuesday. That acts like a Monday. The worst Tuesday of all. We get back.
0: daily investment news you can use delivered at the speed of the internet
2: at realinvestmentadvice.com Are you as worried about estate taxes as we are? Our first Lunch and Learn of the New Year will focus on family-limited partnerships. This valuable tool in the tax code could provide your estate with the safety and security you crave for your family. Join Richard Rosso, Danny Ratliff, and special guest Chris Masters, CPA with Dora Mayhew, Thursday, January 12th at noon, with the ins and outs of family-limited partnerships for your estate and tax planning. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. Real Investment Advice. The Real
0: Investment Show.
1: I give my kid a lot of advice, even though she doesn't take it. But act your wage is not something I'm going to tell her to do. It's totally ridiculous. Act your wage. I feel like Grandpa Simpson <laughs> when he comes out and yells at the clouds, I truly listen, they always say when you, you you're never going to understand the generation you're in, right you're going to become your parents. there's actually a commercial it's pretty funny. I think it's for an insurance company that says, Are you acting like your parents, and the dude is cleaning his garbage cans and he's got his name printed on him and the phone number I mean but this is. This trend of acting your wage or not finding the worth in work is or productivity, staying busy, having goals, ha- having, a, having a mission in life. I don't understand this. I, I understand the balance, and I do think that baby boomers took it to the worst degree and gave everything to a company. And in some ways— a lot, of our younger, a lot of us younger boomers feel the same way. We still do that. So I understand the need for space. I understand the, the benefits of some of the hybrid work that I see. But this, you know, I'm just going to sit here and collect the paycheck doesn't make sense to me. To my own self-worth as a mission and something that I want to accomplish, no matter what you do, right, no matter what you do, what any effort that you take, going to the gym, uh, saving for retirement—I don't care what you do. Why am I going to do it half-assed? So this, 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 this trend—I do not get. And there are a lot of studies that'll show you that there are families that could stay at home and make just as much, based on all the social safety nets and how they've been bolstered. And there is this ambitious child tax credit that's still on the table, which hopefully will be squashed this year. Um, with the Republican House. So um, there's more. uh, In some states, you're going to collect six figures for sitting at home if you're maxing out every benefit you get. Um, And the incentive for work is just not there. So you got to almost look into yourself. So there are some things that I do. I don't have resolutions, but I have these milestones or millstones that I do. One of the best I've ever heard. Besides waking up early, which is just par for the course like i gotta do more radio after this is over <clears throat> i do a lot of television out here lance does too danny as well it, everything is geared for us to be up early so waking up early is one of those things that you read in a lot of successful books podcasts but making your bed every day is very important i still think that getting up moving making your bed is an accomplishment. I know that sounds silly, but I think it sets the tone for where you're going to go for the rest of your day. Um, it gets me going, right? Shake up your diet. Keep a journal. If you have children, young adults, they're out there working. I will tell you, based on where I think this year is going, make sure they have an emergency cash reserve set aside. We believe in something called the financial vulnerability cushion. One year's worth of living expenses in an emergency savings vehicle. And you're getting paid to do it now. Look at your online savings accounts. You're making over 3% in high-yield savings, right? I can go out and get treasuries, short-term treasuries for 4.5%. Tell your kids, even before they save for retirement, save up to the match, but go ahead and make sure you've got that emergency reserve set aside, especially for this year. It's very important. Um, so uh, I don't get this work trend, but part of this Secure Act 2.0, there's been iterations of the Secure Act since around 2019. It's HR 2954, this will be out in a blog post I've got coming this week, um, to enhance retirement readiness. There's three separate bills that went into this. I will tell you, this is a strong incentive. These, what's in this bill, if you're a diligent saver, if you're a wealthier investor, right, you're going to get a, and this is wrapped in a bountiful bow for Wall Street. Financial services firms, insurance firms, right, they're all salivating at this bill. But close to half of Americans can't or don't save for retirement. We already know this. So it's like giving them a shiny new car, but they can't afford to drive it. So for a lot of people, they're not going to be able to take advantage of this. But I think a lot of people who listen to this show and on our YouTube channel, I think they're going to find some benefit to it. So first of all, we have required minimum distributions, right? Once you hit a certain age, you have to start taking money out of your retirement accounts. In 2022, that RMD age was uh, 72 years old, right? That was increased from 70 and a half. For 2023... It's going to be 73 years old and 75 beginning January 1st, 2033. Don't ask me why they wait. Uh, I think this change sort of makes sense. We've seen the labor force participation rate falling um, since 2020. There's no doubt. But longer term, the trend older workers stick around longer. And frankly, I think older workers make great, I don't think they believe act your wage, uh, at least one we see. So I expect 60, 70-somethings to continue to work for several reasons, especially due one to longer life expectancies and in at inadequate retirement savings, and now we have inflation. This, this is a deadly combo, right? So for some, the r and is a nuisance, right? Here I am, I'm working a little bit, uh, not only that, I take this money out, my social security's taxed, maybe it's gonna push me into IRMA or additional surcharges for Medicare, it's a pain in the neck. But according to IRA specialist Ed Slot, over 80% of people take out more than their RMDs because they need the money. So obviously at RAA, if you read our blog posts, we have five certified financial planners. We are advocates for unconventional wisdom. So although these RMD dates have been extended, we believe that many investors should continue to take their door down their pre-tax retirement accounts before RMD and even during RMD. Take out more up to the next tax bracket. Why? I can convert some to Roth. Unless you think taxes are going lower, which is a joke. I don't have any people really battling me on this point anymore about taxes going lower from here. Right? Or maybe I want to take the additional money and put it in an after-tax brokerage account. I want tax control in retirement. I want flexibility. And that flexibility comes from what we call diversification of accounts. I don't want to go to one pre-tax account for every expense I have in retirement, which is what Wall Street and financial services firms have always touted because tax-deferred compounding is this magical snowball. Well, what about if financial global warming is going to hit the snowball? And returns are going to be less over the next decade. Lance has got a great article out. Actually, it came out today. And it's something that we've been preparing financial plans for since early 2019. And that article is, um, forward returns will disappoint compared to the past decade. I absolutely agree with this piece. Therefore, we have to reflect That information in our financial plans. We're not going to go ahead and tell you that a stock portfolio is going to give you 10% over the next decade. And that's based on math and valuations and a hostile Fed, right? The Fed is no longer a friend. The Fed is the foe. Maybe they're going to be your friend at the end of this year. Maybe they're going to be your friend next year. But they're not going to be your friend right now, okay? Once this liquidity is drains out of this system, it's gonna go back to old-fashioned stuff. It's gonna go back to looking at cash flow, looking at income statements, looking at price to sales, looking at fundamentals along with technicals. That's why I do believe that passive investing is gonna lose some of its allure. Maybe I'm wrong, that's okay but you are going to have to be a better, more disciplined investor in the face of the Fed, no longer your friend, okay? That's how it works, and this article is really great talking about why this is our premise, but this has been our premise for a while, and when I revised returns for asset classes down, in early, late 2018, early 2019. I did this in 2003. I revised returns down for plans. I looked sort of stupid for a while. 2010, I revised returns for plans higher. I looked sort of stupid for a couple of years. I did this in, 2000, in late 2018, early 2019 for our financial plans here at REA. And I looked stupid for a couple of years. But I do think now You're going to want a sense of realism to your plans and look at your forward-looking returns and say, hey, what do I have to do differently? What do I have to do differently? But how can I use this SECURE Act to take advantage of tax control? And maybe that way is still following some form of RMD rule. If you're able to retire, and if you're retiring at 65, I think you're a young retiree, okay? Based on the people that I work with, they are working up to some degree. I don't care if it's part-time, consulting, over the past especially 10 to 15 years to around age 72 to 75 years old. Right? We got a president that's 250, <laughs> right? So what I'm saying is you have to look at maybe drawing down your money out of those tax-deferred accounts and spreading it or spending it down before the fed i mean before the irs forces you to take those required rmds have an rmd mindset even though the secure act tells you not to when we get back we're going to talk about a few more of these changes there are a lot we're probably with danny and i going to cover them on friday we're not going to get through all of them today when we get back here on the real investment show stay tuned
2: Are you as worried about estate taxes as we are? Our first Lunch and Learn of the New Year will focus on family-limited partnerships. This valuable tool in the tax code could provide your estate with the safety and security you crave for your family. Join Richard Rosso, Danny Ratliff, and special guest Chris Masters, CPA with Doran Mayhew. Thursday, January 12th at noon with the ins and outs of family-limited partnerships for your estate and tax planning. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. Real Investment Advice.
0: You're listening to The Real Investment Show.
1: Here's a nice resolution for you in the year of muck. Try a new cocktail. Why not? Brent's like... I'm going to stick with the same old cocktail. If it works, it works. <laughs> Dole <Dull> fruit cups. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go ahead and spend 25 bucks for a craft cocktail. Are you crazy? I'm sticking to the same old stuff. A new study shows that the most expensive vehicle to operate is a shopping cart. Truth. That is truth. And I do not think that food inflation is going down anytime soon. Yeah, sure, inflation is edging off for all the crap you don't need. But the stuff I do need, well, that's different. And there are a lot of reasons for it that I'm not going to get into here, but you all are intelligent enough to pick up on some as us being our own greatest enemy. So it's still painful to go to the grocery store. Plus, you always get those wheels that go in all different directions. (laughs) I, why do I always get the dang cart that has the bad wheels? It never fails always yeah
2: right or they've got a f- the one of the wheels
1: has got a flat edge on it yes blah, 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 blah. so as a kid in New York, the best toy we ever had was a shopping cart that someone left somewhere right it was at a pathmark or shop right whatever we would we would commandeer this thing and we would put somebody in the cart and freak them out over all the sidewalks, right? <laughs> it was like riding a T-Rex. See, that was what we did for fun. Didn't you ever play with shopping carts, Brent? Did they have shopping carts when you were a kid, or they were still, like, no, we sh- hitting their we food over the head with a...
2: Goat-pulled goat carts. The goat p- Yeah.
1: <laughs> like the Little Rascals. Yes. If you ever watch Little Rascals, uh, um, Brent is stubby. <laughs> He's the... He's the second guy in the. Uh, <laughs> uh, Thanks a lot, Alfalfa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that guy in the in the booth. You should spike your hair. I should do. That. Well, yeah. again, I mean, I think the person that's cutting my hair lost their lost their sight a long time ago. <clears throat> Based on when I wake up, it still looks the same, even when I when <laughs> I wash it. Um, but one of the missions we have this year at RIA is to educate you and make you better, especially when it comes to taxes. So on Thursday, January 12th, our first lunch and learn for the year, family limited partnerships, the advantages of using these coming up with uh, Dory Mayhew, uh, Chris Masters at Dory Mayu, great firm. They're going to um, go through the mechanics of this and why it's important to look at the family limited partnerships. But we wanna make sure we're gonna have a can of coffee Every month, and/or lunch and learn, to engage more in the year of Muck. I got to get a shirt. We got to get shirts. We should do that. Mucks yeah. matter. Muck years Muck years matter. Muck matters. Yeah. Leave it to Brent to come up with the slogan for the Muck Year. Hashtag. But uh, hashtag Muck. Yeah. Uh, overall. So one thing that the um, Secure Act does not cover is the ten-year rule. For distributions from non-spousal IRAs that were inherited in 2020 and 2021. So, in other words, like me, I leave my IRA to my daughter. She's a non-spouse IRA. She's 23 years old, right? So, if God forbid something happens to me years ago before this uh, this change to inherited IRAs, she would have still would need to take her required minimum distributions. However, over her life expectancy that has changed so now she needs to do it over a 10-year period period the battle has been the lack of clarity has been is if the decedent was taking required minimum distributions before they passed does the non-spouse IRA need to at least continue those and then drain the account over 10 years And the IRS has gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You would think with 87,000 new people, they could figure it out. So I think by mid-year, we'll have some idea. But for last year, if you missed it, if you are an inherited IRA beneficiary and you missed it, well, the IRS has given you a free pass because they don't know what's going on. Therefore, you are given a pass. So if you missed your RMD and you're panicking, don't worry about it. So I am expecting we're going to see some clarity to this by mid-year, which means probably in November, December when everybody is scrambling. So if there is someone out there who uh, does have an inherited IRA and is a non-spouse, I would plan to take your required minimum distribution this year. Now, big penalties, if you miss your required minimum distribution. Used to be an onerous 50% excise tax for missing those RMDs. 50% of that distribution. And I'll tell you, the IRS is pretty heartless about this. But they're reducing that penalty to 25%. And if corrected in a timely manner, they're reducing that penalty to 10%, right? There's a correction window right, from the time you should have been filing your taxes. But the point I'm trying to make, if you miss your RMD in 2023, say you're still confused, you'll have the earlier of when notified or December 31st of 2024 to clear it up. You're still going to get dinged by the IRS, but not 50%. 10%. percent Woohoo! <laughs> Just because you're confused, they're going to still charge you 10%. So that's a big deal, right? So there's a theme here with some of these. There's excise tax, say, on excess contributions, right? So say I over-contribute to my IRA, my traditional IRA. I over-contribute to my Roth IRA. I have a period of time I've got to move it out, or I'm going to get charged 6% excise tax. Well, there's relief for that, too. So they're going to say, listen, we're going to give you a statute of limitations on this. We're not going to keep charging you this 6% for as long as this over-contribution stays in the account. We're going to lock you in for three years. What a deal. What a deal. So they are trying to do that uh, overall. Now, this is pretty good. You're a sole proprietor. You want to establish a solo 401k right? So usually you have, now you're going to have until your tax filing deadline without extensions to fund the plan. So we have a lot of people who are sole proprietors. They have lots of cash flow. They work with Tom Allen here, who is a great retirement plan specialist, and they want to set up their own 401k. Well, they had until uh, usually the end of the year to set up and fund. No longer. Now they're going to be able to fund and establish their um, solo 401ks, up through their tax filing deadline, so which means I'm a sole proprietor, and based on the old rules, I didn't set up my solo 401k last year by December 31st. I'm screwed. Well, with the with the uh, Secure Act, um, I'm unscrewed. I can now set it up until April 15th or whatever the tax filing deadline is this year for last year. Think that makes sense? Now. On average, here's another one, workers change jobs six times during their lifetime. I'd expect this to continue or go even this multiplier to increase like rabbits, right? Based on post-pandemic work trends. So people collect retirement accounts like Beanie Babies. They move from one job to the next job to the other job and they forget they forget they have these errant plans hanging around. They don't consolidate them into one IRA. Well, guess what? The Secretary of Labor in consultation with the Treasury Department, what they're gonna do is they're gonna establish an online searchable database for forgotten or lost retirement accounts. And that'll be happen within a couple of years. So you'll be able to locate the plan administrator and content, contact information. I think that's sort of logical. based on how people have forgotten. I have people that have forgotten pensions. Oh, gosh. I, I, I met with someone before, the, before um, the end of the year, and I said, you know, you gave us all this information. Do you realize I think you have a pension here that you're not talking about? He goes, what do you mean? I don't have any pension. Yeah, you worked for Dow Chemical in the late 70s and early 80s, and you put all this mo- Where did all this money go? He's like, I don't know. Well, we found out. He gets a pension of $620 a month that he forgot about. And he's already missed 10 years of it. (laughs) Yes, people forget these things, Brent. I wouldn't forget these things. You wouldn't forget these things. But people forget these things. So this retirement savings lost and found part of the act, again, not a bad deal. Not a bad deal. This, again, is one of the most comprehensive bills I've seen. They've been trickling out iterations of the SECURE Act over time. But it still doesn't get to the real solution that most people can't save for retirement. But that's another thing. Again, I do think a lot of people who listen to us, a lot of people on our YouTube channel, they're going to be able to take advantage of some of this. So they're also going to now look at how do I create automatic enrollment? This has been a thing, right? I set up, I have a newly established retirement plan or I work for a company and I don't contribute. Well, guess what? You're going to have a newly created 401K, 403B. Will require during the first year of participation, no less than 3% and not more than 10% held into your retirement account. So upping that automatic contribution for new plans until the participant says, hey, I need more crap. So I'm going to cut this off. When we get back. We're going to continue to talk about the Secure Act 2.0 here on The Real Investment Show. Stay tuned for our last segment.
0: news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com.
2: Are you as worried about estate taxes as we are? Our first Lunch and Learn of the New Year will focus on family-limited partnerships. This valuable tool in the tax code could provide your estate with the safety and security you crave for your family. Join Richard Rosso, Danny Ratliff, and special guest Chris Masters, CPA with Dora Mayhew, Thursday, January 12th at noon, with the ins and outs of family-limited partnerships for your estate and tax planning. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. Real Investment Advice.
0: The Real Investment Show.
1: And we're back. Good resolution for 2023 is to fold your clothes as soon as they come out of the dryer. Don't throw them in a ball in the corner or on that chair or that Peloton. That's a new wrinkle on self-care, isn't it? Really? Yeah. That's the most expensive clothes hanger. Shh. You ever up. get clipped by a clothes hanger running when you were a kid? Because I did. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's that's painful.
1: <laughs> you know what else we also used to do as kids? <laughs> you know the clothespins? Yeah. We would put faces on them, and we would have we would make them into little soldiers. Yes. It's amazing what we had then that today, forget it. Cheap entertainment. Cheap entertainment. Very cheap entertainment. But quality entertainment. Very, I mean, those clothespins were real wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh knows what they are. Do they even make those anymore? Yeah. yeah they? They're very expensive.
2: <laughs> like $3 a pin. True story. Uh, we use in our lights here in the studio, we use uh, different filters yeah, you're using clips right now, and, and there—well, there's some clothespins up there too, oh. <laughs> and those have a very fancy name.
1: What did they call?
2: I have no idea, but they're—they're they're very expensive with that fancy name.
1: This studio is put together really with clothespins, <laughs> paper clips, <laughs> above my head. Those black, those thick black clips. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this is worse than the Poseidon Adventure. This whole thing's going to turn over. Don't forget the duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, duct tape is good for muckier. <laughs> it's not duct tape, everybody. Okay. You know what ticks me off? You go. People cannot spell. And people, I need duct tape. I I understand there's a brand duct tape. Yes. But they think it's duct tape. It's duct. There's a T in there. Oh. And tape does not have two E's, only one. I've not seen that. Oh, I have. The mod, The education system has totally fallen apart. Yeah. Now we're acting our education, and it ain't too good. All right. I haven't even started on all the rants for 2023 and muckier. We've got to get Danny into the muck talk. You know, yeah. I think Danny's emails and texts are in the muck because yeah. he doesn't seem to retrieve them. Buzz muckier. <laughs> Buzz muckier. That's my new nickname for Danny this year, Buzz Muckier. We'll be back on Friday, Financial Fitness Friday with Buzz Muckier. (laughs) All right. So you're a small employer. You want to set up a plan for your people. Wonderful. Well, guess what? We're going to give you a more ambitious tax credit to do so. The credit's gonna cover 100% of the startup costs up to $5,000 for three years. So businesses with more than 50 employees, so these are for less than 50 employees, more than 50 or more employees, they're going to get um, more credits, but there's gonna be some limitations to it. So again, not a bad part of this SECURE Act to encourage small business or medium-sized businesses to set up a plan and receive a tax credit, right? Then there's gonna be an enhancement to the saver's credit if you can do so, right? It's a 50% refundable saver's credit rate subject to AGI limitations, right? So they wanna bolster your ability to save, but again, you're gonna have adjusted gross income thresholds that you're gonna phase out. $48,000 for joint income, $24,000 for single, so, but again, Encouraging some form of savings into retirement accounts. Finally, we're talking a lot more about inflation indexing. So the $1,000 IRA catch-up limits for people, say, age 50 and over, will be indexed for inflation beginning in 2024. So if you make catch-up contributions to uh, your retirement plans, That's gonna go from $6,500 to $10,000 for eligible participants. Who would, now here's where they mess it up. Who would attain their ages, 62, 63, 64, but not 65 before the close of 2023. Why do they have to add the complication to it, okay? But these catch-ups, here's the biggest thing from this. The catch-up provisions for IRAs and retirement plans are gonna be indexed for inflation, finally. Right, it's gonna be more mandatory, all right? Gosh, I'm so sick of talking about this Secure Act. What else can we talk about? Listen, this is a big act. That's why, I don't know if it'll be ready for this Thursday. I wrote it, Lance got to prep it. Um, A blog post that's gonna go through this whole act for you uh, and I'm just giving you actually the highlights there is a lot more to this SECURE Act. You know, I think it was a 1,000 pages out of the 4,100 pages um, of this new bill that the president signed in, right? Now, oh, guess here. This is a good one. I like this. A financial incentive for signing up. In other words, I'm an employee, and I don't want to sign up for your stupid plan. But guess what? If you give me a gift card to Olive Garden... For signing up, I just might do it. Yeah, so there's called this de minimis financial incentive for you as an employee to sign up for the plan. Yeah, Brent, we can give you cash. We can give you a gift card to get this as dangling fiscal carrots for you to sign up for your own future. How about a tank of gas? <laughs> I mean, I may be a little too expensive. Yeah. I think that's a gold card now, isn't yeah, it? Or a platinum? Probably. Well, gas prices are heading up, and they will continue. Mark my mucky words right here. All right? Um, so, again, I don't know why, but I guess we feel that we have to give people something to sign up for, to secure their own future. And now the government's saying we're going to put it as part of the act. There you go. Uh, now, you're going to also get improving coverage for part-time workers. Right, so you got a little, the, the gig economy is growing. People are cobbling together working, right? They work in multiple jobs. Well, guess what? If part time workers, I want to participate in my company's retirement plan as the Secure Act, it reduces the service requirement for eligibility from three years to the first consecutive 24 months. So they're going to cut a year off of that. So if I'm working part time for a company, um, I can go ahead and be part of the 401k as long as you give me a gift card to Whataburger or Chewy's. I, I, I you know, again, I understand it's part of the security, but why is that going to incent me? And if I t- say it does, say you're going to give me a $30 gift card to whatever. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna contribute, and then I go ahead, I increase my contributions, I, or I turn them on, and then I get my gift card and I shut it off. Where's my next gift card? Can you imagine being offered cash to sign up? Uh, again, it's, it is what it is. Now, at RAA, we're big believers in rules to manage longevity risk, right? Most of our clients maximize Social Security benefits. We talk about, we run analysis. Yes, I do believe Social Security is gonna be there for you, Lance, Roberts, even you. Uh, and Mrs. Roberts especially. Um, but many retirees are going to require their own pension. They're going to have to supplement, especially if we're gonna go into the mucky decade that starts with this muck year they're going to need to have some form of supplementation guaranteed income. So the government is finally coming on, you know, realizing, oh, wait a minute, maybe annuity contracts aren't so bad. So currently, the lesser of 25% of a retirement account, or 135000 can be invested in what we call a qualified longevity annuity contract. So under the SECURE Act, that cap is raised to 200000 and the 25% limitation is removed. So what you're starting to see is even though pension plans were great and they're going the way of the dodo, they're starting to incorporate some form of insurance through insurance ETFs and also these qualified longevity annuity contracts into the Secure Act. And someone already mentioned on our YouTube channel, yeah, the insurance companies are gonna love it, yeah, Wall Street's gonna love this act, financial services firms are gonna love it, insurance companies are gonna love it, Um, but in a way it's good because many individuals are going to require as they live longer or their spouses do that the variable assets that they save are not going to cut it. They are going to outlive those assets. Therefore, now they have the ability to put more into what th- these Q lacks. Of course, you got to understand them, um, but the spirit is we're embracing annuities, we're embracing insurance, because we got a big problem here with longevity risk. Social Security is one way to do it, but you got to do something on your own possibly to take care of it. Now, many people save enough, where they bring down their retirement to such a level, there's, there's some great articles in the Wall Street Journal. Here's what a million dollars in retirement looks like. And they go ahead and they, they document the lives of people that retire with a million. And then they document the lives of people who retire with two million. It's, it's just a great snapshot of how people are making due, regardless of the amounts that they have for retirement. I wanna see them do that for 500,000, 300,000 guaranteed there are a QLAC to make this work because people are going to need to do it. Hey, we on Friday, we're going to talk more about this tomorrow. Lance and Danny should be here for um, whatever the heck they do on Wednesday. What is that? Happy Muck Day is that a Hump Day tomorrow for Wednesday. This Tuesday is a Monday, everybody. Just remember that. Hope you all had a great and restful holiday. We're back tomorrow. Family Limited Partnerships, sign up at Real Investment Advice. Take a look at that article Lance just wrote about lower returns, forward-looking returns for the next decade. Uh, Lots of great data in there. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Take care. Mm